What's up, everybody? This is John Neighbors, and I am the host of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. You can also check out my radio show, The Morning Rush, live from 6 to 9 on hitthatline.com. You can also visit that website for all great content dealing with the Arkansas Razorbacks. This is the very first episode, the official episode, if you will, of the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. And I am really excited to be doing this once again. Now, many of you who are listening may have not have heard of me may not have ever listened to a podcast that I've done before, but just to give you all just a little background, I did the SEC Country Podcast for the Razorbacks for almost a year. It was very successful, so I'm hoping that I can recapture some of the things that was made that podcast so successful and keep it going here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's exciting times right now, folks, if you're an Arkansas Razorback fan, and we're going to dive into some of the things going on with the Razorback football team, where to go, where to talk about, what to talk about, and all those things here in just a second it's amazing though that with a new rejuvenation with chad morris that everything has changing but maybe not necessarily in a good way people's feelings have changed towards the razorback football program and i'm meaning the fans may not be for the better some people are really down on the program that's not necessarily chad morris's fault But a lot of fans are looking at the Razorback program as something that they wish was better, should be better, could be better. But for whatever reason, their fandom has taken a major blow. A lot of it has to do with the fact that you just haven't been winning and you haven't won in quite some time. Some may blame Brett Bielema. Some may blame Jeff Long. Who knows? But what I do know is that Chad Morris has a lot of things going for him right now that can offer some sort of excitement. For all of you, all you Razorback fans, he has a lot of a lot of things, actually, not just a few, a lot of things that he can offer. And I want to just get into some of those before we get into the expectations of what I have for the Arkansas Razorback football season. Let's start with his recruiting tactics. Chad Morris understands that it, you have to recruit the state of Texas to be successful in Arkansas. How weird is that to say? You have to recruit a different state be able to be successful in Arkansas that's the way it's always been though folks in-state recruiting is just as important as anything you have to have big-time players come out of your state and especially when you have those big-time players coming out of the state you have to be able to lock them down be able to get them into the University of Arkansas and into your football program easier said than done a lot of times but you got to make sure that you keep those guys around It's also about going into the state of Texas and building on the foundation that the in-state kids have already had. Listen, Texas is a huge state. There's a lot of different schools there, but there is a plethora of recruiting talent just popping up from all over that state. Surely a place like Arkansas, who has so many connections to the city of Dallas, where they have a huge fan base down there, where they have someone like Jerry Jones with all the connections that he has, where they have a lot of former players living down in that area. Whatever it may be, surely they can find ways to not only take advantage of the recruiting classes, but be able to take advantage of all of the talent that's there and put them and place them into positions to be successful for Arkansas. Chad Morris can do that for you. The guy has connections out the wazoo. He's a great high school coach, a legendary high school coach in the state of Texas. He has those connections. And here's the greatest thing, folks. He's going to treat his program at Arkansas similar to what he had 
when he was a high school coach in Texas. Now, some of you may say that's a bad thing. When has being a high school coach ever been a good thing for a place like Arkansas, an SEC school? Well, it's perfect for Chad Morris right here. This is perfect timing for him and perfect timing for Arkansas to be able to have someone like Chad Morris take over the program. Provide some sort of excitement, some sort of energy. Because I don't want to use this podcast to completely poo-poo on Brett Bielema, but holy crap, was that just a huge step back in the program? Not only because you didn't win, but culturally, that was a major step back. Laziness, complacency, whatever you want to call it, however you want to look at it, it was bad. It was so bad. And now Chad Morris has a very big hill to climb to try to get this program back into the way that it should be, the way that it deserves to be, the way that fans deserve it. And Chad Morris knows that it all starts with winning. And how do you win? By getting big recruits, by getting players in your program. So that's first and foremost, that's what he's been really good at. The second thing is maybe something I've already mentioned, but might be one of the more important things, energy. He has energy. 24 7 365 energy doesn't always win games but i've never seen a team win a lot of games that didn't have exciting energy chad morris lives breathes sleeps football that's what he does that's all he has that's all he wants to have he wants to be a football coach he doesn't care about vacations he doesn't care about taking time off. He, I mean, he cares about his family, obviously. He cares about uh, the things that mean the most, his faith. I know is very important to him as well. But when it comes down to it, he's a football coach. So you won't ever have to worry about him taking long vacations, taking times off, not really putting in the effort that, it need, that is needed to be great at a place like Arkansas. You can't just walk in like you can in other schools, let the recruits come rolling in, throw in a couple of the couple million to some assistant coaches that are big time, have them handle the rest, and then you're good to go. That's not a place like Arkansas. Arkansas is a school that will consistently have a chip on their shoulder, that will always be looking to try to improve themselves and prove themselves throughout the entire country, feel disrespected all the time. Chad Morris right now is in a similar boat. He doesn't care about what people think, but he does want to prove himself. He's a young, well, I guess not young, but an inexperienced up-and-coming coach. Someone who's seen success when he was at Clemson, could have been building something at SMU, and I think he has built something at SMU, because you can say whatever you want, but taking over that SMU program for what it was and getting him to a bowl game in year three is pretty significant. What will keep him from doing it from Arkansas? There's nothing that will keep him from doing that. He's a football coach, and he has a lot of energy, and that energy is breathed into the team, into the culture, into the program, and you will see the results from all of it. That's what makes this an exciting time. The third and final thing that I feel like Chad Morse has that will make Arkansas a great program once again, make Arkansas football great again, as they say, is that he has a winning formula. Now, that can be taken a lot of different ways. A lot of coaches have won, especially in the high school level. That doesn't necessarily equate to them being a great football coach at the college level. And you're, you're right. But here's the thing that Chad Morris has that's beneficial to him that some people may even compare to someone like Gus Malzahn at Auburn. 
Chad Morris proved himself in high school football. He's one of the all-time greats. So where do you go from there? He became a coordinator at a big-time program after making a few stops to Clemson. He coached a quarterback like Deshaun Watson and recruited him. He had an offense that was as powerful as they come at Clemson. He saw what it took to win at Clemson. He took what he had in high school and knew that it was successful, added in the pieces at a big-time program like Clemson. He saw how they recruited. He saw the practices. He saw the schemes. He saw everything that they did to make it work. And now he has both of those factors, the DNA, the foundation that was laid for him as a high school coach, and then what it took to be successful at a big-time program like Clemson, and he's mashing it together. Now, at SMU, you can say, how, how great could he look? How great could he be? Well, I think he did a pretty good job. Only had three years to do it. But I do believe that Chad Moore is now having the support, the facilities, the money, the coaches, whatever, the recruiting grounds, everyone to look at it. Having all those things, knowing what he knows, experience what he's experienced, he is going to make it work at Arkansas. I'm not calling for a national championship, folks. I'm not even calling for an SEC title. But what I am calling for is an exciting brand of football that works. I'm calling for a guy that will be able to plug and place players in positions to be successful. He may not get a bunch of five stars, but you know what? He can get some four stars and some dadgum good three stars and plug them, place them. It'll be exciting brands of football. Football that can score a lot of points. Football that may cause havoc for teams like Alabama, as we've seen in previous years. That's the type of brand of football you need at Arkansas. You need something to translate something to work out, something to be proud of. And what better way to be proud of a program than to take what Chad Morris has learned and experienced and done in his career as a head coach and put it in a place like Arkansas. Arkansas, a place that's constantly having to prove themselves. Arkansas, that's been down in the dumps for years. Arkansas, that's trying to find their identity once again. Chad Morse is the perfect fit for this. Will he win six games this year? Will he win 10 games in year three? What is the ceiling for Chad Morse? Time will tell this season. And maybe a tough one this year. But it won't be, folks. It will not be for lack of trying and lack of effort and lack of energy. Chad Morris has all of those things. But can he get the players to make it happen? Time will tell. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on to the actual expectations of the 2018 football season for the Razorbacks. I have been saying this since the beginning, and I'm going to continue to say it. Six and six is about all you can expect. That's about as good as it'll get for Arkansas. Maybe I'll be surprised, but six and six seems like a fair expectation. Now, if they go five and seven, do you need to start firing people? No. Even four and eight, you're not going to start firing people. Because I don't think people realize just how depleted this team is of high-end talent. 
I'd even make the argument that this is the worst situation a head coach has ever had to take over in Razorback football history. Because you try, let's just kind of go through and look at the history of what Arkansas has had to do with their first year coaches. Brett Bielma went three and nine in his first year, zero and eight in conference. That should have never happened. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and I get it. But that team was littered with NFL talent. Should they have gone ten wins? No, but they should have made at least a bowl game. I mean, for crying out loud, you had three NFL players on the defensive line with Chris Smith, Darius Filon, and Trey Flowers. Okay? You had a very talented freshman group like Hunter Henry and Alex Collins, Denver Kirkland, Dan Skipper. Very talented guys. Jonathan Williams was in the running, in the running back core as well. Keon Hatcher was another great player. Tevin Mitchell really started to find a stride once they moved him to the nickel. There was just a lot of things going on with that team that they should have been better than. They had talent. This team doesn't. Bobby Petrino's first year. Did he have a lot of NFL talent? Not necessarily, but I'll tell you what he did have, folks. He had an elite freshman class. He had guys like Greg Childs, Jerry Wright, Joe Adams, and Dennis Johnson. Elite players. He had a 1,000-yard capable back in Michael Smith. He had a Remington Award winner in Jonathan Luigs at center. He had a, On the defensive side of the ball was where it was the toughest. He didn't have a whole lot to work with on that side of the ball. But he had the freshmen to come in and were uber-talented, but just very raw. I think it's worse this season. And, of course, we all know what Houston Nutt took over. He took over a gold mine, so we don't even need to revisit that. But that's neither here nor there. Chad Morris has inherited a crap sandwich. Let's be honest. And I'm trying to keep it PC here. He inherited a crap sandwich. He does not have high-end talent on this team. In fact, on my show, The Morning Rush, we were discussing which players could be capable of making it to the NFL that are on the roster right now. I don't see any surefire guys. Maybe Sosa again. Maybe Yelda Froholt. Any anybody else got anybody? I don't know. I don't know of anybody else. Not sure fire guys at least. So where do you go from there? What do you do? Well, it's simple. If you're Chad Morris, and he said this many times, you adjust. You adapt. As a high school coach, which is what he was and what he's been good at. You find players, you plug them in place for them to be successful, and then you roll with it. And I think that was the biggest problem and the biggest disconnect from Brett Bielma and his team. Brett Bielma didn't come in saying, okay, well, I know here's my strengths of my players, here are my weaknesses of my players, so I'm just going to go in, I'm going to utilize my strengths that my players have, and the weaknesses I'm going to try my best to cover up. Yep. It was, this is how we're going to do it. It's going to be this way, and if you don't like it, you can leave. Yeah, yeah, good job, Brett. Good job, Bert. Saw that turned out. Chad Morris isn't that way. Chad Morris knows who he has, what they're capable of, because he's a coach. He can see what they're capable of. And so he's going to try to do whatever it takes to put him in positions to be successful. For instance, on the offensive line, it's bad. It's bad. Not because there's not any talent, because I think there's a couple guys there that might be really good, but you have no depth at all. You have Yelda Froholt, who really came along as an offensive lineman and will be a key piece this year. 
You have Brian Wallace, which has dropped a lot of weight, and I really like what I've seen from him in practices. Johnny Gibson might be pretty good. He's got to you know add some things to himself. He's got to be able to find his niche and wherever he's at. And that's about it. Now you have some other pieces of guys that were highly recruited that may be able to step right in and be serviceable, but we don't know exactly. But you just don't have any depth there. So what's Chad Morris going to do if he doesn't have any depth at offensive line? I mean, that's the that's a big piece. He's not going to require them to hold their blocks for a long period of time so the quarterback can wind up a throw because he won't be able to. He's not going to have his guys on the offensive line do a lot of north and south downhill blocking if they can't do it. They'll run to the outside or vice versa. If they can't get to the outside quick enough, they're not outside blockers, They'll cut inside between the tackles. Whatever their strength is, he's going to find it and he's going to utilize it. Doesn't mean it will be successful because even their strengths may not be as strong as what the other teams that they'll be facing, but at least be better than what we've seen. The skill position players, I think, is one of the biggest deals that you could see where you'll have guys like a TJ Hammonds. Hey, do you think he'll actually get the ball this time? Wow, what a concept. Just imagine if you were able to get the ball to one of your biggest playmakers. I think Chad Morris understands that. Unlike some people, you'll see T.J. Hammonds in positions. Devois Whaley, Chase Hayden, Rakeem Boyd, the last chance you running back that's coming in. Those guys will be put in positions, given the ball in space. Same thing with the wide receivers. Same thing with the tight ends. Same thing with the quarterback. On offense especially, these guys are going to be utilized for their strengths. It's not a my way or the highway. I know Chad Morris wants to run up-tempo. I know he wants to be a two-back run-oriented system. It's going to be similar to what you've seen with Gus Malzahn at Auburn. I get it. And I think eventually he'll get to that point. But he's not going to step right in in year one and say, by God, this is the way it's going to be, and if you don't like it, you can suck it and leave. That's not the way he's going to be. That's not how he's wired. That's not the way it should be. He should be able to adapt and adjust, and I think he's going to do that. And that's on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, I really believe this team, this unit, is going to be vastly improved. John Chavis, is he a great defensive coordinator? Of course he is. He's one of the greatest of all time. Has the game passed him by? I don't fully think so. I think that he just didn't have a lot of luck at Texas A&M because I didn't think he had a great coach, great culture inside of it with Kevin Sumlin. And as we all know, that means more than anything. But I do believe that there is some really good talent on this defense. I think the defensive line has some beast up there. Briston Guidry, Sosa Aguin, just to name a few. The linebackers, they've struggled, but they have some depth, if you can believe it. And they have some guys that have shown flashes of greatness. Trey Greenlaw, Scooter Harris. <clears throat> I even forgot to mention Randy Ramsey. He's another great example. So you have guys like him. What about the secondary? Santos Ramirez. He's shown some pretty great flashes. Look at the cornerbacks. Chevin Callaway. Kevin Richardson when he returns. Ryan Pulley. And that guy's a beast. So John Chavis is going to have a lot more to work with defensively than Chad Morris will offensively. It's just a matter of how far will that take him. I think that they will be in games because of their defense. They won't get blown out like 52 to nothing against some teams. Of course, I say that, and they probably will, but I I don't see it that way. I think the defense will be good enough 
to at least keep them in some games that they may not deserve to be in. It's going to come down to can the offense score points? Can the quarterbacks be consistent? Can the offensive line hold their blocks? Can the running backs and wide receivers make plays in space? It's going to come down to all of that. Can they have energy? Can they control it? So many questions. And the thing is, is we're not even going to know the answers to a lot of these questions until like game three. Game one may give you some indication. Game two, you'll have a little bit of a better idea. But game three, right before you get an SEC play, that may be the game that you have to look at and say, okay, this is, uh, this is how it's looking. It's either going to look really good or it's not going to look so good. One of the two. Either way, I like their chances. I like their chances to make a bowl game. I think they will be much improved from last year. You'll see a better product on the field. And more important than anything, you will see effort. You will see guys out there trying and trying hard, playing for their coach. There's no doubt that there was a huge disconnect from last year with Brett Bioma and his players. It's not the case anymore. You have guys that are excited to be a part of this football program. Now, what does that exactly mean? I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that'll equate to wins directly. But it will just be a better, more exciting product for all of you to watch and for all of you to enjoy this season. Maybe a rough go, especially to start. But I truly believe that this team will improve at the end of the year. And who knows, folks? Maybe you'll win a few games that you're not supposed to. Because you know what? The Razorbacks, they may not be playing for an SEC title this year. But they might be a team that keeps others out of it. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, final segment of the day. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, which is probably most of you since this is the first episode, but I'm usually going to use the final segment of each podcast to go into some sort of national story, a funny story, just whatever's going on in the college sports world or sports world in general. Sometimes I'll get so triggered by some stuff that I'll need to rant about it. So I'll reserve that, though, for the last segment of the podcast. And today, unless you've been living under a rock, you wouldn't understand and know about the Urban Meyer fiasco. Good grief. What is going on there at Ohio State? So basically... I'm going to try to break it down in in a summary that hopefully does it justice because there's a lot of moving parts in it. Essentially, you had Urban Meyer, who went in front of everybody at Big Ten Media Day and lied, lied about his knowledge of a domestic abuse allegation and issue with one of his assistant coaches. He says he didn't hear anything about it in 2015, this assistant coach Zach Smith. Well... Come to find out, he did know. And there was this investigation going on at Ohio State after Brett McMurphy, who did a fantastic job of reporting this. They had an investigation go on. They had a press conference held, I guess, last night, so technically Wednesday night. And it was one of the most tone-deaf, ridiculous, horrible, stupid press conferences I've ever had to watch in my life. It was come out that Urban Meyer was suspended for three games, which, hey, I don't even really have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with suspending him. I don't think he deserved to be fired just based off of the things that I've heard. 
And maybe he deserved to be, if he would have been fired, I wouldn't have been mad either. It's just, you know, it's kind of like damned if you do, damned if you don't. So I didn't have a huge issue with that. The issue that I took was the attitude and the behavior of Urban Meyer during this press conference and what it looked like during the investigation process. So he gets up there in front of everybody and reads a statement from a piece of paper. Nothing too crazy about it, except he looked like he was having to read a hostage note. He looked like he did not want to read that. He don't think he didn't think he had to des- needed to read it. He thought that he didn't do anything wrong. So here's a letter, Urban. You got to read this. This is probably written by one of his lawyers or the AD or president or whoever. Urban, read this. <sighs> Fine. All right. Whatever. Give it to me. I regret. I state my regret and sits down. I mean, he didn't say that, but that's how it felt. It felt so tone deaf that there was nothing in his mind. There was, he was focused elsewhere. So then they sit down. They have a Q&A with the media. And this chotch has the audacity to act like every question, first off, he had to ask to him. He has to ask to repeat it for some reason because you can tell he's not focused on it. And do when he's asked about Courtney Smith, Zach Smith's estranged ex-wife, girlfriend, whatever was going on, and depending on what time it was going on uh, with the allegations that went against him, when he was asked about her, he just came out and said, well, I'm just sorry for everyone that's involved. Sorry for us all. What? Why? Like, dude, you can't say that. You can't take that approach. That's taking the approach that you're part of the victimhood, and you're not. You lied, bro. And you're going to try to flip it on everybody else and saying, listen, I'm sorry I'm here too. Then don't lie, you jackass. Like, it's as simple as that. Don't lie. If you don't lie, you don't get put in this situation. If you would, Even if you would have came out at Big Ten Media Days when you were asked about the question of dealing with this allegation in 2015, you knew that you knew. And if you just would have said, hey, I appreciate the question. We're handling this eternally. That's something I do not want to comment on. Even then, it would have been like, we want an answer, but we can't, we can't do anything about that. But he didn't. He said, not only do I not know anything about that, but whoever would write that story, ever would put that up. I can't, he can't believe someone would write that. He doubled down on it. And he's the victim he's the one that's been through a lot you know sometimes in these cases you can't bury people but you can sure hand them the shovel and I think that's exactly what happened to Urban Meyer he didn't bury himself or he didn't bury anybody else no one buried him essentially but he's burying himself by the approach that he's taking with such a very serious issue I, I just it just blows my mind that he thinks it's this is just a non-issue, no big deal, whatever. I hope he gets fired. I don't think he will, but it just it really upset me that he took that route, that approach. I probably still wouldn't have had any respect for him if he just came out and was really apologetic and apologized to Courtney Smith and apologized and owned up to what he did and how wrong he was, but he didn't. Because he's a prideful, 
jerk hole. He's a jerk. And you know what? He thinks that he has this God complex where he didn't do anything wrong. Did he actually do the abuse? Of course not. But when you lie about stuff, when you lie to the media, when during the investigation you're deleting text messages, things like that, it's kind of difficult to believe you on anything, bro. And you expect us to feel sorry for you? Mm-mm. Hope Ohio State loses every game. I I just can't even understand one bit of why he would take that approach. But then again, I'm not a football coach. Sure makes the Bobby Petrino thing look like a popcorn fart, doesn't it? I mean, he was just trying to get some strange and hire. That's all he was looking for. Urban Meyer's over here lying about domestic abuse of one of his assistant coaches and when he's called out on it, he acts like it, he's the victim of it all. What a terrible situation. I hope karma's a thing. I really do. Because Ohio State and Urban Meyer deserve some karma about right now. Well, appreciate everybody listening in to the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. It was a great first episode. And... I'm just basically opening it up to do some rants. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I will have links up on my Twitter account at RushJohnNeighbors, so be sure to check that out. Uh, I will be tweeting out the podcast every single day, so you can do it that way. Subscribe on iTunes. It might be the easiest way for you to do it. I'm going to be having some guests on throughout the course of football season, some local, some national. And if there's any topics that you want me to discuss or that you want to be discussed on this podcast, do not hesitate to tweet at me and say, hey, John, great podcast, best of all time. But if you really want to make it a little better, here's what you need to talk about. Throw it to me. I'll do my best to make it happen. Again, appreciate everybody listening in. I'm excited about this podcast. I'm excited to have you on board. Just subscribe to it. Tell me how great I am and tell me how excited you are about Razorback football season. And then we all win in this scenario. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.